A reading from the 10th chapter of the Acts of the Apostles, beginning with verse 34. Then Peter began to speak to them, I truly understand that God shows no partiality. In every nation, anyone who fears Him and does what is right is acceptable to Him. You know the message He sent to the people of Israel, preaching peace by Jesus Christ. He is the Lord of all. That message spread throughout Judea. Beginning in Galilee after the baptism that John announced. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. How he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. For God was with him. We are witnesses to all that he did both in Judea and in Jerusalem. They put him to death by hanging him on a tree. But God raised him on the third day and allowed him to appear. Not to all the people, but to us who were chosen by God as witnesses. And who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. He commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that He is the one ordained by God as judge of the living and the dead. All the prophets testify about Him, that everyone who believes in Him receives forgiveness of sins through His name. The Word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. A reading from the 24th chapter of the Gospel according to Luke, beginning with the first verse. But on the first day of the week, at early dawn, they came to the tomb, taking the spices that they had prepared. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they went in, they did not find the body. While they were perplexed about this, suddenly two men in dazzling clothes stood beside them. The women were terrified and bowed their faces to the ground, but the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee that the Son of Man must be handed over to sinners and be crucified and on the third day rise again. Then they remembered his words. And returning from the tomb, they told all this to the eleven and to all the rest. Now it was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the other women with them who told this to the apostles. But these words seemed to them an idle tale, and they did not believe them. 
But Peter got up and ran to the tomb, stopping and looking in. He saw the linen cloths by themselves. Then he went home, amazed at what had happened. The word of God for us, the people of God. In a strange way that I'm not sure of, I feel compelled to make sure that you all noted that the first preachers to talk about the resurrection were women. Did everybody catch that? Just saying. That's in the book, right? You saw it? I saw it. I just read it. Do you know that when my wife and I were young and we would talk about having kids and we would laugh about how germy our kid was going to be because we both had bad hay fever and all that stuff. And I was pretty rambunctious, so we figured he was going to be a hay fever, stressed little jerk of a boy. (laughs) But you know what? We picked names for that heathen in our discussions. We were going to call him James David. Do you remember, parents, do you remember thinking about your child's name? That pondering, that hope. Of that, that birth, that, that possibility that when you were older and you had found someone that you could love and you wanted to give yourself to, that you would, you would join together, become one flesh, as Jesus said, and you would have offspring and be fruitful and join in the process of creation and all these wonderful things that God still does in the world that everybody ignores. And you looked for a name. You wanted one with meaning, one with significance, right? Maybe you got out a baby book. How many of you looked at baby books? Somebody, come on, play with the preacher. (laughs) We looked at some baby books. Do you know, here's some names from 2021. Clearly, it was a COVID year. (laughs) These were the names people were picking. Number one was Olivia and Liam. Now, Olivia, I get, but I I hope there's no Liams here today. I can't imagine going through life as a, a Liam. What about Asher? Top 10 names, Asher. Isn't that odd? I feel like maybe people read their Bibles more during COVID. Luna is another that rang in the top nine. Some good old-fashioned names like Isabella, Charlotte, Sophia, Ava, and Amelia made their way back into our naming. Why do we pick names for people? Some would say it's because we don't want to say, hey, you, (laughs) right? I remember watching Bill Cosby one time, and he said that he thought his name was a cuss word because that's how his dad always referred to him. Y'all remember that? Has it been long enough? Can we talk about Bill Cosby yet? (laughs) Why do we name one another? How many of you have a nickname a best friend gave you? Come on, play with me. I'll keep you here all day if you don't play with me. Why did that friend give you that name? It represents you. Why or do we name people? Why do we assign meaning to people? We pick names that mean something to us. That always happens. I've never heard anybody say, oh, you know, we just, hey, we, you know, we just jotted something down at the last minute. We didn't really care. We figured it'd be okay. I was named after my father. It's a badge of honor for me. My father is the finest man I've ever known. Some of you were named after your fathers. Some of you were named after your mothers. Some of you were named after aunts. My poor wife got Edith hung on her. That's her first name. 
Why do we name people the things that we name them? I've wondered sometimes if we took two children, put them in a sandbox, put some food in there, put a gate around it, left them alone for five years, what would they call each other? They'd have to come up with something, wouldn't they? To designate one from the other? Sooner or later, there would be language. They would call you, um, and you, huh? Something would happen. There would be names. There would be some way to differentiate one from the other. Such was the name Jesus. You remember the story. The angel gave the name. God gave the name. And the name, Jesus, Yahashua, Joseph is or excuse me, Joshua as we know it in the English from the Hebrew, that name means God is salvation or God saves. You take your pick, whichever one you like better, but it means that God is a rescuer and a ransomer of God's people. And the promise was that he would be significant in that way. But do you know that name was ridiculously common in his day? I read that in a book. I've read that in several books. I had seminary professors tell me, Sunday school teachers tell me, preachers say it. It's got to be true. That's a whole collection of experts. It had to have been very popular, but yet we remember this one. This one, Jesus. Given a name that meant something. That's why these people are coming to that tomb. They're coming to mourn not just his death, but they're coming to mourn the death of their hopes. Next week we'll hear the story of Cleopas, and Cleopas talks about how we had followed him because we hoped that he would be the one to redeem Israel. We hoped that he would be the one to bring the people of God out of their bondage, out of their oppression to the Romans, out of their conscription into the service of the emperor. They had hoped that he would bring the kingdom of God and and that he would sit on the throne of David. And now he was dead. And their hopes were dashed and broken. And they come to rub a body with spices so that it can rot and not stink. That's how dead he was. So why do we remember him at all? This failed Messiah. This one who came to lead a revolt against Rome and was crushed by the heel of Rome. This one who came to lead a revolt against self-righteous religion and to preach the more excellent way of love and was handed over to the hands of sinful men and crushed by them to put him into oblivion and to call his name to fade from history how is it that we know his name a person who has become one of my favorite authors Fleming Rutledge who is an Anglican priest wrote a book about the crucifixion of Jesus with a subtitle understanding the death of Jesus Christ the crucifixion it's titled Why would we remember someone who hung on a tree and became cursed before God? That's what the law says. In Deuteronomy, he hung on a tree, he's cursed before God. Why do we remember him? Why does he matter? 
The Romans crucified thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands and ten thousands and ten thousands and ten thousands and ten thousands of people. They were ruthless. If you raised your hand against the emperor, you were killed in a way that brought the most shame that it could possibly bring. Their purpose was to eradicate him from history, not to elevate him. What the crucifixion meant was that his people's hopes were dashed. His mother's heart was broken and his name was pushed out of the annals of history as nothing more than a common criminal. And so he took the cross of an insurrectionist named Barabbas. And by rights, we should never have known who he is. So why then do we know his name? Why today do we gather in the name of Jesus of Nazareth, a peasant crushed by Rome? Why? There are only a handful of people who were crucified whose names we know. Some of them were the apostles who followed Jesus. Some of them were other criminals who led revolts after the time of Jesus. But we only know of one other Jewish man's name from the time of Jesus who was crucified by the Romans because a contractor dug him up in 1968. His name was Yehohanan. Who picked that? But that was the man's name. A contractor digging in the ground dug up his ossuary, and inside that ossuary they found an ankle bone with a Roman spike through it. And suddenly we knew of two people who had been crucified by the Romans. But until that time, dear ones, the only name we knew of a person crucified by the Romans was Jesus of Nazareth. Clearly his disciples weren't bent upon fabricating a religion in his name and writing books so they could buy a big fancy house somewhere. Sorry, Stephen Furtick, I shouldn't have said that out loud. That was not what was going on here. They had nothing to gain. Peter joined Jesus in crucifixion. They were broken. There's no hope in these words. They didn't believe the women when they showed up. They knew he was graveyard dead and not coming back. But here we sit. Because some women preachers insisted that the world had changed. And they spoke the name with new life. You must decide on your own. I believe that we know the name of Jesus of Nazareth because God the Father raised him from the dead. To vindicate him. To prove not only his words, but his deeds. To demonstrate that he was indeed the Son of God.
and that he had indeed saved his people from their sins. I cannot believe this story for you. But this, dear ones, is what has been handed down to us since it was first spoken that Sunday morning by those women. That Christ Jesus lay in death's strong bands for our offenses given. But death could not hold him. Why do you know his name? If he is dead. It is left to you, dear ones. Is he dead or alive? I submit to you that if he is dead, none of us who would know who he is, we would never have heard his name. You consider this. And in the depth of your heart, ask God to speak to you about the veracity of this story. But I say to you that Christ is alive. And through Him, by faith in Him, we can have new life and be raised from the death of sin even now. The Apostle Paul says, In Romans 10, that if we profess with our lips that Jesus is Lord and believe in our hearts that he has been raised by God, we will be saved. We will be delivered from sin and death. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.